Hello and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John and I would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio, wherever that may be. Now we are continuing on a series within a series. We are in part three of six of the Passover and Exodus. And tonight we will examine verses 12 and 14 of chapter 12. And this is what I call bought with blood. To begin there, I want to read from Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 to 12. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, in parentheses it says, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. You know, on Judgment Day, God will distinguish the sheep from the goats. And we see in Exodus chapter 12, verse 12, where He distinguishes Egypt with his judgment. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. We see in this verse that God casts judgment on the firstborn. He'll cast judgment on the entire world. And we see in Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. And with this, I am reading ESV. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Then another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they had done. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one of them, according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Going back to on how God will separate the sheep and goats. We read about that in Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 40. When the Son of Man comes in the glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will place his sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see a stranger and welcome you, 
or naked and clothe you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you curse, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in person, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in a prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into the eternal life. At the end, Jesus will judge all the nations. He separates them into two groups, the sheep on his left and the goats on the right. The sheep on the left were, you know, then the kingdom will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. To the goats on the left, he will say, Depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. The sheeps have their names in the book of life, and the goats will end up in the lake of fire. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, it says, But as for the cowardly, the faithless, and the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Those that have their names in the book of life were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. We see the blood of the Lamb and how it was used in the Passover. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 13 through 14. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall it be to you a memorial and shall keep it as a feast of the Lord throughout your generations, you shall keep it as a feast by ever, by everlasting life. Verses 13 through 14 are like the sheep. And in verse 12 of Exodus chapter 12, they are like the goats. Now, I want to talk about blood, and I want to see on how it was used to atone for sins for people in the Old Testament. For that, we go to Leviticus chapter 4, and we can read verses 1 through chapter 5, verse 13, chapter 6, verse 24 through 30, and chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. Now, I won't go through all of these, but I will kind of sum it up so that we can see how the blood of animals were used to atone for sins. For the priests and congregation, they had to use bull blood. For the king, they had to use blood from a male goat. For the poor, blood came from a dove or a pigeon. And then finally, the very poor, they would use one-tenth of an ephah of flour. When a person sins 
It has to bring an animal for sin offering to atone for its sins. The bloods of animals would atone for its sins. And this, uh, this was the way sins were atoned for because Jesus was not manifested in the flesh yet. In Hebrews chapter 9 verse 8 it says, The Holy Spirit indicating this. That the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifested while the first tabernacle was still standing. The first tabernacle still standing was referred to the wilderness and before King Solomon built the temple. So they had to use animal blood to atone for their sins because Jesus had not come yet. And when he came, he became the high priest and here's why. From Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 12. But Christ came as high priest of good things to come, for the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. Jesus is the Lamb of the Passover. That gives salvation to all by redeeming all from their sins with his perfect blood. In John chapter 1 verse 29, John the Baptist pointed out to Jesus and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who take away the sin of the world. We see how the blood of Jesus is the perfect blood that redeems all sin. And he testified to that at the Lord's Supper. In Matthew chapter 26, verses 27 to 28, he says, Then he took the blood and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which shed for many for the remission of sins. The cup symbolizes what kind of death he will be suffering. He became the suffering servant in Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5, Isaiah says, Surely he, Jesus, has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. We see him carry our sorrows. We see that when he prayed in the garden that he sweated drops of blood. In Luke chapter 22 verse 44 testifies that in his prayer was so fervent that he sweat drops of blood. And we could see how he was feeling about when he carried our sorrows. And being in agony he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And before that, verse 42, he prayed that there would be another way for him to redeem us, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not your will, but yours be done. Even though this was really agonizing for him to carry our sorrows, he still willfully obeyed his father. Now, going back to the suffering servant, you know, it says, Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, 
and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. You know, Jesus was bleeding so much at his prayer when he got whipped by Pilate and when he was nailed to the cross and with the thorns piercing in his head, he was bleeding and his blood symbolized our sins. It symbolized our shame. It's what caused his father to not even want to look at him, which is why when he hung on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So when he was dead, he was pierced where our transgressions. In Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. In other words, judgment against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And in John chapter 19, verse 34, we see that one of the swords pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. That blood was spilt for us. That perfect blood is what allows us to be redeemed. As you can see, we were bought with the blood. You know, while he was dying, he was crushed for our iniquities. Crucifix crucifixion was a Roman's way to execute people that were condemned. It was a slow, painful death. Nailing or tying people to a cross with arms abducted from their body would cause their body to slouch down. That would force the ribcage to collapse on the lungs. It would crush the lungs to cause suffocating. To breathe, a person would have to pull themselves up with nails attached through their body. So in Isaiah, you know, it says upon him was a chastisement that was brought that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. When Jesus was whipped before he was crucified, you know, that's what Isaiah was prophesizing too. Jesus was crucified once so that all sins can be covered. All our sins were bought by the blood. And in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 through 15 testifies it. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purring of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offer himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant. The new covenant is the blood of Jesus by the means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance. Therefore, the blood of Jesus saved us from our sins like the blood of the Lamb of the Passover saved the Israelites from God's judgment. We see in the Bible 
that we were bought with his blood. Well, I hope you enjoyed this one. This one was a little short compared to last night. And yes, this one is like the first one that talks about the redemption. And yet I believe it's so important that it's worth teaching again. And I hope that you were bought with the blood so that you can be redeemed. Only through Jesus can we be saved. Amen.